0: Dan and Corey here welcoming you into LibServative.
1: Get out of here, you goddamn jackass.
0: Welcome to Bourbon Banner 10.0 here uh, of LibServative.
1: Every damn time. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, that was, it's weird it's still saying on the live producer here that uh, we're frozen but apparently we are good to go so he is Corey Walsh
1: and he's Dan
0: Griffin I was gonna say slow down and you're listening to the conservative <laughs> the show that just makes sure that we are all thinking when it comes to politics and and I wanted to uh in pop culture and the culture wars and whatever else we decide to talk about I wanted to I wanted to open with what we're drinking tonight Corey like this is gonna be a long long A drawn-out episode. We have a lot to cover, so I went with something that is uh, non-traditional for me. I felt like I needed to go classy, and I wasn't fucking around. I am drinking a goddamn dirty martini with three olives. Judge me if you will. Is it shaken uh, or stirred? It's definitely shaken. What do I look like? Do I look like a sociopath? Of course, it's shaken. All right, James Bond. Three olives, of course, and. Honestly, I have another one sitting here ready to go uh, for <laughs> later, for later on in the episode. So what are you drinking, Corey? Cause I kept it.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say mine's just kind of self-explanatory. Bon- Bombay gin, if anybody really wanted to know. I'm sipping or, uh, on yeah.
1: some. I'm keeping it traditional. I'm sipping on some bourbon. I'm drinking Woodinville bourbon whiskey. From it's made in Washington. What state? Not D.C. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's uh, it's got like a dark chocolate, caramelly taste to it. It's pretty smooth. It's not bad. I would recommend it. I'm are you uh, just getting are you,
0: into it? Are you gonna say? Are you struggling picking up notes there, Corey? It sounded like you were confused. I
1: was looking. I was going to cheat and read the notes on the back of the thing, and I'm like, <laughs> damn, there aren't any here. So I had to like really think about what I taste. Corey's, here,
0: Corey, Corey's palate is betraying him this evening with this uh, new bourbon from the lovely state of Washington.
1: It's got a nice little smokiness
0: to it. There you, you definitely
1: go. feel the tannins.
2: There
0: you go. You're getting there. <laughs> you see, notice right, the shirt I'm wearing. I did Michigan with a big victory on uh, on Saturday. I, I, I Thirty.
1: What was it? Thirty-nine points or forty-one points against the number two defense in the nation.
0: I, I still don't still don't take much credence in it. No, <laughs> I'm I'm starting to get a little excited. You know, no, they, they
1: I just, just they just they didn't fuck up. I've been, ha- you know? I've been
0: hating Jim Harbaugh for five years now. He needs to win something, like, I don't know, maybe a game against Ohio State or, you know, maybe a Big Ten title appearance. Not all,
1: isn't that funny? That's all that really matters to Michigan. It fans. is all
0: that matters. <laughs> just, you you can lose every matters. single
1: goddamn game, just beat Ohio State.
0: You think those savages down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama would settle for a 10-win season and not going to the uh, SEC title game? I think not.
1: Oh, that's good. That's, like, basically a professional team. <laughs> Alabama's
0: just so fucking good. That sounds like a conservative trope, Corey Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the conservatives say? Hating on Big Ten country. Uh, where uh, Where do we... I know where we, where we, we want to start. Where do we want to start, We have to start with the Pandora Papers because I have been diving so deeply into this and I don't think enough of America really is, right? Because the mainstream media sources aren't... They're covering it, but they're like not really covering it. It's kind of like a... We'll give you a couple minutes every day, and uh, for I don't know, maybe three days, and then it's it's suddenly forgotten. And the reason for that, I think, is because there are no American billionaires mentioned in the Pandora Papers. If you yeah, have they heard, haven't been found. If <laughs> that's true, not yet. If you're living under 12 a twelve
1: million documents, so the stuff still coming out.
0: 140 media organizations from 117 countries have leaked 12 million documents from 14 offshore service companies to reveal the wealth concealment and tax evasion of some of the world's richest and most prominent people. So basically just global elites moving money around to hide from taxes, uh, essentially using other, other other countries to hide from their own country, including the United States. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, isn't South Dakota coming up uh,
1: Yeah, South Dakota now all of a sudden is a tax haven. I knew that Delaware was, but I guess South Dakota is too, you know, and it's uh, all these rich billionaires. And I think it's important to mention because now there's the Pandora Papers. There's another one. I forget the name of it. I think it starts with an S, but there's also the Panama Papers. The Panama 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 Papers The Panama Papers were the ones that revealed all of our billionaires that were all hiding their money. So I don't know, like, I don't know how many more billionaires we can expose from america alone but these pandora papers we're talking about like the king of jordan we're talking about elton john ringo Starr, these guys like all these different elitists and these rich fucking people that are just hiding money all over the place to avoid paying taxes to avoid investigations and avoid accountability and like when i just mentioned the uh, king of jordan like that country's not doing so hot dan they're not doing so that. well there. And this guy is buying like fucking bougie ass apartments in uh Washington DC and Malibu.
0: And he's got a, a trillion dollar yacht that is some somewhere sitting outside of Washington DC that nobody's ever seen. A trillion yeah. dollars is obviously an overstatement. I don't know how much.
1: 29,000 but... shell companies. That's it. Yeah. For these, all of these people. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Count the chiclets. Yeah, count them up.
0: But none of America's ten richest people have been have been mentioned yet, uh, including in the Panama Papers. I don't think the the Musks and the Bezoses of the world were involved in the Panama Papers either.
1: I mean, they necessarily don't even have to because America is essentially a tax haven. You know, the average tax is that the top one percent in America pays is what three percent. I think, yeah, so, it's like 3%. So that's why, like, and if you want me to go off on a little tangent real quick, that's why I think that when people talk about raising taxes on the rich, I think it's actually kind of like a non-starter, like, bullshit. Like, yeah, you know, it sounds good. They should pay their fair share, but you could raise it to 100%. These guys have so many loopholes and the government up their ass in, like, a good way that they're enjoying it that these fuckers are only paying 3%. So it doesn't matter if you, and, like, when when their tax right now is, what, thirty. Twenty nine, right? Didn't Trump bring it down to twenty nine? Because I think it was thirty five. It might still be thirty five. I think it was thirty seven to thirty five.
0: Well, to your point, though it it doesn't it doesn't really matter because the issue is it's just like you said. The issue is this unbelievably convoluted, Loopholes. complicated tax code that the United States has. I'll give you some fuzzy numbers if you want some fuzzy numbers here, uh, Corey Walsh, because this. America's 10 richest people not being involved in the Pandora papers c- could mean one of two things because there's 14 offshore services that have been mentioned in the Pandora papers 12 million documents but where there's 14 there's probably 16 there's probably 18 20 27 oh, these firms and who, stuff they, like that yeah these yeah benefits. who the hell knows but the but the the the, the 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 scarier part about it to me is it almost seems like these guys they don't need to hide their money, just like no. you were saying. They they, they have no reason <clears throat> to have to hide their money. What, what what sense does it make when the richest and most powerful, at least for you know now, the uh, 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 most powerful country in the world, at least for now, has a a tax discrepancy and a tax code that is so convoluted and so ridiculous that the average American pays on average fourteen percent in taxes, but these guys are paying I, at most. As far as true tax rate, about 3%. So ProPublica found, I want to say back in June of 2021, that the 25 richest Americans paid a total of $401 billion in taxes from 2014 to 2018. That sounds like a big number, right? Right. Almost a half a trillion dollars, but you're talking about four years of the 10 richest people. In the United States, that's a true tax rate of 3.4%.
1: Yeah. And see, that's, that's the it. issue. That's the issue for me. It's like, you know, like I'm still kind of on this fence thing, you know, when people talk about tax the rich, you know, I have a progressive tax system, which I'm, I'm down. I'm for, I think everyone should just be paying their fair share, but at least these billionaires should at least be paying the same tax bracket that I'm in, Dan. It's kind of bullshit. I think, I don't know. Do I sound super liberal and lefty by saying that I think they should pay at least the same tax bracket that I'm paying with my modest income?
0: No, sorry, I'm eating an olive. Uh, <laughs> no, I've, I've always been like a proponent of a flat tax rate, but the only way that makes sense
1: is if everyone and, actually fucking pays.
0: And if you don't have a convoluted tax code, right? Like the, the idea that Amazon is able to literally claim $0 profit or almost $0 profit over the course of a year, is absolutely absurd. I don't yeah, know what or, to or like, Walmart. like. I'm not a tax expert. I don't know you how know? that happens. But obviously, Amazon did not make zero dollars profit in 2018 yeah. or 2019.
1: It's like uh, like Walmart, like Walmart on paper. I think right now they pay four billion dollars in taxes. Where it's like, oh, you know, like I think it's it's somewhere like. I think that it, that if you really wanted to make a technical, I think it's four billion, which in reality really is. I don't think they really even pay that much. I just, I've heard the number four billion float around, but you know what? That number doesn't even fucking matter. You want to know why? It doesn't matter. Because it's still a negative, because me and you, Dan, we pay taxes and we have to help fund the $4.6 billion that goes to subsidize their low wage workers. They, when they pay their employees such piss poor money that our taxes are paying for their welfare, our taxes are paying for their food stamps, for their Section 8 housing. And you know, and it's such a fucking corrupt system. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting started on Walmart here. They go in there, they take their employees, they give them like fucking offbeat schedules that aren't consistent, so these people can't find a second job, and they're stuck with this one in a small town where there's no other jobs within sight because Walmart destroyed Main Street. Or and replaced they ensure
0: it. they also ensure that those workers make, don't unionize are 34 okay. hours a week. Why yep. is that, Corey Walsh? Because if they're 35 hours a week. They're full-time employees. Yeah, and then you Can't gotta offer that. them
1: benefits and things like that. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you do you keep it at thirty-four. You keep them so, just poor as shit and let the government this, pick up the tab.
0: This conservative trope of the ten richest or the richest ten percent of Americans pay eighty percent of all taxes is unbelievable, misleading bullshit. Which they from do top to bottom. They, they but hold do, on. But they that can only pay more. Takes, that only takes into account Federal income tax. It doesn't take into account payroll taxes. It doesn't take into account capital gains. It doesn't take into, into account state and municipal taxes, sales tax, property tax, none of that stuff. It's only federal income tax. So that's number one. But number two, the the loopholes that provide them to not have to pay taxes on their actual wealth is where the problem lies. So let's also not forget that the median household income has not risen with the average cost of living in forty something years. And it if, hasn't if, if,
1: reflected productivity.
0: It has Productivity has
1: skyrocketed, but wages have been stagnant since the early nineties.
0: You know what the you know what the average income should be if it had risen at the rate of Isn't it like uh, eighteen
1: bucks an hour or something like it that? It
0: would be it would be ninety thousand dollars a oh, year. Oh, average
1: annual me. income. Yeah, yeah. I was talking yeah. about the hourly wage. Yeah. The, not the, not uh, fifty. Not yeah. fifty
0: thousand dollars a year. In with fact, them, I want to play Real quick. When the, the middle the- class was the
1: strongest when the middle class was the strongest in the 50s and 60s, now granted all of Europe was bombed to shit and they were just rebuilding and we were the manufacturing capital of the world the top 1% paid up to 90% dude and so what that did is it did two things, it made these com- gave these companies two options, they either decided to take the bite and pay that 90% in taxes or They would do things like do research and development and invest in their company or they would pay their employees because all of these things are tax breaks because you get taxed on your net, not your gross when it comes to your company. And guess what? When you pay your employees, that comes out of your gross. So if you pay your employees more, it lowers you into a lower tax bracket and then you're giving your employees more money. It takes them off the fucking welfare teat. And then they're getting decent fucking wages. And then guess what that does? When all the companies collectively do this, and then all of a sudden you have a bunch of fucking citizens in the country that are making decent money. They're buying more shit and making you more money anyways.
0: I'm going to let a venture capitalist whom you're familiar with. Nick uh, Hanout. Nick, Hanau. Nick yep. is it is it Newer or Newer? I, I don't know how to it. I
1: don't know how to say his name. I just know how to read it. <laughs> it
0: looks like... It looks, Looks like Hanauer to me. I he's he's a he's a, a a former I think he's a former venture capitalist at this point, but um, a rich guy from New York. I'll put it to you that way. Who did a supposedly banned TED talk in 2012? I don't think it's actually banned. I think they just put that just, on YouTube to
1: make it clickbait. <laughs> that sounds like yeah, salacious uh, clickbait.
0: It's a little over five minutes. I'll let Nick tell you the story, and uh, we'll, we'll let you tell us in the comments or uh, on Twitter, at uh, LibservativePod, or, or Instagram, or on Facebook, whatever. I don't really give a shit. You, let it, you tell us if you think
2: he's wrong. One idea can shape a society and its policies. Consider this one. If taxes on the rich go, go up, job creation will go down. This idea is an article of faith for Republicans— and seldom challenged by Democrats, and has indeed shaped much of the economic landscape. But sometimes the ideas that we are certain are true are dead wrong. Consider that for thousands of years, humans believed that the Earth was the center of the universe. It's not, and an astronomer who still believed that it was would do some pretty terrible astronomy. Likewise, a policymaker who believes that the rich are job creators and therefore should not be taxed will do equally terrible policy. I have started or helped start dozens of companies and initially hired lots of people. But if there was no one around who could afford to buy what we had to sell, all those companies and all those jobs would have evaporated. That's why I can say with confidence that rich people don't create jobs, nor do businesses large or small. Jobs are a consequence of a circle of life-like feedback loop between customers and businesses. And only consumers can set in motion this virtuous cycle of increasing demand and hiring. In this sense, an ordinary consumer is more of a job creator than a capitalist like me. That's why when business people take credit for creating jobs, it's a little bit like squirrels taking credit for creating evolution. It's actually the other way around. Anyone who's ever run a business knows that hiring more people is a course of last resort for capitalists. It's what we do if and only if rising consumer demand requires it. And in this sense, calling ourselves job creators isn't just inaccurate, it's disingenuous. That's why our existing policies are so upside down. When the biggest tax exemptions and the lowest tax rates benefit the richest, all in the name of job creation, all that happens is that the rich get richer. Since 1980, the share of income for the top 1% of Americans has more than tripled, while our effective tax rates have gone down by 50%. If it was true that lower taxes for the rich and more wealth for the wealthy led to job creation, today we would be drowning in jobs. <laughs> and, <thank you. clears throat> and yet, unemployment and underemployment is at record highs. Another reason that this idea is so wrong-headed is that there can never be enough super rich people to power a great economy. Somebody like me makes hundreds or thousands of times as much as the median American, but I don't buy hundreds or thousands of times as much stuff. My family owns three cars, not 3,000. I buy a few pairs of pants and shirts a year, like most American men. Occasionally, we go out to eat with friends. I can't buy enough of anything to make for the fact that millions of unemployed and underemployed Americans can't buy any new cars, any clothes, or enjoy any meals out. Nor can I make up for the falling consumption of the vast majority of middle class families that are barely squeaking by, buried by spiraling costs and trapped by stagnant or declining wages. Here's an incredible fact that if the typical American family still retained the same share of income that they did in 1970, they'd earn like $45,000 more a year. Imagine what our economy would be like if that were the case. Significant privileges have come to people like me, capitalists, for being perceived as job creators at the center of the economic universe, and the language and metaphors we use to defend the current economic and social arrangements is telling. It's a small jump from job creator to the creator. This language obviously wasn't... (laughs) This language was not chosen by accident. And it's only honest to admit that when somebody like me calls themselves a job creator, we're not just describing how the economy works, but more particularly, we're making a claim on status and privileges that we deserve. Speaking of special privileges, the extraordinary differential between the 15% tax rate that capitalists pay on carried interest, dividends and capital gains, and the 35% top marginal rate on work that ordinary Americans pay, it's kind of hard to justify without a touch of deification. We've had it backwards for the last 30 years. Rich people like me don't create jobs. Jobs are a consequence of an ecosystemic feedback loop between customers and businesses. And when the middle class thrives, businesses grow and hire and owners profit. Thanks, Nick. That's why Thanks, taxing Nick. the rich to pay for investments <laughs> that benefit all is such a fantastic deal for the middle class and the rich. So ladies and gentlemen, here's an idea worth spreading. In a capitalist economy, the true job creators are middle class consumers. And taxing the rich to make investments that make the middle class grow and thrive is the single shrewdest thing we can do for the middle class, for the poor, and for the rich. Thank you.
0: But by all means, Corey, let's resurrect Ronald Reagan, please. <laughs> you know, that's
1: a good segue into what we're about to talk about with the deficit or the debt ceiling, because it was Reagan that created, that changed us from a lender's nation to a debtor's nation when he cut the top marginal tax rate in half.
0: Yeah, Reaganom um, trickle down economics. This this is a venture. You know capitalist. what that's based on. You know
1: no, who actually started that? Right. Little history for you. Fucking Cheney. Fucking Cheney. Call, it's called the Laffer Curve. To where the Laffer Curve so what the Laffer Curve is, is it has two slopes, one that slopes up and one that slopes down. And so what they so in theory, what it is is the less that we take from the government or the less that the government takes from us, that's your downward slope the more that the people are going to have and spend, and that's your upward slope. And so they said that there's a spot that's a happy medium between the two where they intersect, and that's where the optimal economy is. But I think that's bullshit. <laughs> Based on the fact that what's going it's, on it's, in the country, it's, it's led one- to stagnant wages, it's led to deficits, it's led to a failing infrastructure... You know, it's, and it's like, I'm not pretending to be an economical expert and stuff like that. And like we say, we'd be satisfied with with everyone just paying 10% because you know what? That's a shit ton more than a lot of people are paying right now. I don't think that we need to tax billionaires out of existence. I don't think I'm not going to be wearing a dress that says eat the rich.
0: No, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the point here, too, is it, you know, it kind of sounds like we've 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 been hating on billionaires here for the first, I don't know, 22 minutes of this show. That's not really what I was trying to do here. I don't hate on rich people for being rich. That's not that's not the issue.
1: We're trying to make money and
0: become rich. (laughs) <laughs> my, yeah, my, my my hate goes towards the system, you know, that allows somebody that makes forty thousand dollars a year to to give up as uh, as as uh, as Nick said in his video, you know, thirty five percent on his work, you know. Meanwhile, this billionaires' capital gains are getting taxed at fifteen percent, and if they even actually ever have to pay that, with loopholes that I don't know exist, we're not economists; we call ourselves intellectual idiots, right? But this. I don't think it's very difficult to understand that billionaires are not job creators. Consumers are job creators, right? Because if if, if I don't go buy a pizza. A pizza company not making money. And you don't go buy a pizza. Then they're not going to people an, to
1: make pizzas.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and and all of a sudden the place goes out of business, right? So, right.
1: Yeah. It, a healthy now, economy now that, isn't a few rich people at the top a healthy economy is money being exchanged back and forth and a circular motion being spread throughout the economy
0: now, that i'm not logic an economist kind of doesn't but- apply yeah it, it it seems like common sense like it 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 doesn't necessarily apply to these to these billionaires these these top rich people because they've already gotten to this point where they just make their own money make more money for them but 99.9% of the population even pretty damn rich people You know, I'm talking millionaires don't have that luxury, right? They still need to find a way to make more money. So it doesn't apply to those people, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that a thriving middle class is what wins out. And so I cannot believe that that there's still a conservative trope out there that, oh, well, rich people pay 80% of all the taxes. You know what? And And I
1: wouldn't even, at this point... We got Biden in the presidency, right? We have a Congress, that's Democrats, and we have a Senate. You know, we have a House of Representatives, that's Democrats, and a House and the Senate is Democrats. They have the option to start changing this shit up. But guess what? They don't either. Because they're just the rich elites, too. They just use the trope. They just tag you along to go, well, the rich got to pay their taxes. And then they buy $30,000 tickets <laughs> to go hobnob with the fucking elitists that they're talking about. And point. they all know it's a fucking joke because they fucking applauded her when she walked in with that dress on.
0: Yep. It, if point, they were we really threatened
1: this- by her, they wouldn't be. And she has her fucking. Yeah aid wearing a mask and she's not and she's just holding her dress up like a fucking servant get the fuck are, out of here
0: they already they already pulled AOC into the system look we we we've t- we've said things that are similar to this before on this show which is that if Bernie Sanders were in Europe he would be at best a centrist we 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 know that Essentially, Democrats now are Republicans, and Republicans are psychopaths at this point. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither of which are very likable uh, ways to go. Neither, neither, neither which way I would I would enjoy voting or leaning.
1: <laughs> that's funny,
0: right? I mean, it's it, it, uh, what I said. Yeah, Crazy. you know,
1: <laughs> you know, if they weren't trying to make us default on our debt right now. I would maybe try to disagree with you and go, well, you know, some of them are okay. They're just trying to just be the party of less government, but that's, that's not
0: You want to talk case. about the debt ceiling now?
1: We can get to the debt ceiling.
0: Let me start.
1: Well, real quick, because- first, I do want to say okay. this. I did drop a couple F-bombs, and my mom and dad have been watching, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw them commenting. <laughs> they called me out on my GDs, that's so I'm going to okay. do, so do my best and not-
0: God damn it, Corey. Stop goddamn cussing.
1: I'm gonna do my best to not say fuck. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but yeah, the debt ceiling, right? You want, you want me to start? Yeah, you go ahead. Because you start.
0: I, I I feel upset that we even have to talk about this because the only reason we have to talk about this should we wait? Should
1: we kind of? A, I, I real quick, I kind of dumbed down like what exactly is happening because everyone keeps talking about the debt ceiling, like oh well we borrowed money and now. You know, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, it's going to go on a default and stuff like that." So basically, the government borrows money to cover our deficit because we don't have enough tax revenue to cover our whole funding of an annual, like, of our annual budget. So the deficit is incurred by already existing programs not being fully funded by revenue. So it has to borrow, and as long as there is a deficit, we have to borrow, causing more debt.
0: Corey, and this- before you continue, you're boring me. So right here on the show. I'm going to pour myself another martini. Go um, ahead.
1: You, you pour that martini. And as long as there is as long as long there is a deficit, we have to borrow causing more debt. And this vicious cycle leads to having to raise the amount the government can borrow to cover the money needed to fund the existing departments and programs. And if we don't raise the debt ceiling, we can't borrow to fund those programs, and that leads to a lapse in funding. 98% of the debt that our country has right now has been incurred before biden okay trump actually increased the deficit with his tax plan because he said that the uh the growth that it would which is based on the laffer curve that dick cheney created that if we did that it would supercharge the economy and that the uh that the economic growth of what what do they say one one to two percent gdp would cover that deficit which it didn't but so going back to this this is a problem that democrats and republicans all signed off on this is money that republicans spent during trump's campaign and now they're saying they don't want to raise the debt ceiling you know what happens if we don't raise the debt ceiling if we Uh, don't raise the debt ceiling two
0: olives this time i don't want to hurt myself
1: (laughs) if we don't raise the debt ceiling u.s military service members could stop receiving paychecks 15 million seniors could stop receiving social security payments 30, millions, 30 million families could stop receiving President Joe Biden's expanded child tax credit, which, you know, I get that now. It's nice, but that's something that's new, and I don't want to bring, like, I'm trying not, well, I guess I shouldn't even have brought that up just so people think I'm loving Biden. But it's still, it's it's a fact. That's helping a lot of families.
0: Going back to Veterans to benefits, go back to listen to the Biden bash episode if you think you love
1: yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> Veterans benefits could stop or be delayed. Postal workers and federal employees could stop receiving paychecks. The United States credit's worthiness could be downgraded, spiking the interest rates, which would raise mortgage, car, and credit card payments. Doubt in the typically reliable U.S. currency could tank the markets, hurting 401ks and other investments. FEMA funding for hurricane and wildfire victims could stop. Public health funding for the pandemic mitigation efforts could be cut off. Child nutrition programs could be cut off. This is all from abc7chicago.com, an article uh, titled, what is the debt ceiling? Why a government default could directly affect your wallet? So literally the government right now, based on just owning the libs, they're fucking with mine and years paycheck. Dan, I'm saving up money right now to buy a fucking house. And if all of a sudden that like after this huge inflation, because, you know, the CDC decided to all of a sudden that they're the ones that decide whether or not people get evicted or not. The housing prices are so high right now. I'm waiting for that to drop so I can buy a fucking house because interest rates are historically low. If this shit happens, guess what? Interest rates are going to go through the roof. I'm not going to be able to get the house that I want. It's it's all a bunch of bullshit and it's all just for political game gamesmanship to own you're one sitting, or you're the talking other. Talking
0: about you're sitting here talking about trying to buy a house and I feel like a total asshole fucking sipping on a martini while you- while you're <laughs> while sitting like trying- sitting
1: in your house. <laughs> And like, and here's the thing, it's like right now, so I'm shitting on the Republicans because they could just, because, so the deficit has been raised, the deficit thing has been raised, what, since 1917, like 79 times or something like that. Yeah. This isn't anything new. This is just something we do. And the reason why there is a deficit, it was to make it so the U.S. Treasury, it was easier for the government to spend money on the things. And the U.S. Treasury just was able, was like, because uh, the House of Representatives holds the power, or the Congress holds the power of the purse. So all they do is they disapprove how much the treasury is allowed to borrow to fund everything that they want to do. And, and so- did, you
0: mention, did you mention that if, if we default, the power of what money gets spent and where goes to the fucking treasury department? Yeah. That's not okay. It's a constitutional
1: crisis because in the constitution it-, it says that we can't default on our debts. I wish there was a trope in there that, like, if if a whole House and Senate actually broke, like, a constitutional, like, amendment, that they just, oh, that's it, you you lost your jobs. That's it, you're the fuck out of here. And, you know, and, as, and I'm shitting on the Republicans right now, right? Because, like, they could easily just go, all right, well, let's raise it because we've done it literally every single other fucking time. even The when Democrats under Trump. could
0: also fix it.
1: The Democrats could fix it, and they're fucking not. They have three tools that they can actually do. One is a little bit theoretical and a little bit, like wonky, but have you heard of the trillion dollar coin?
0: Yeah, the platinum coin. Mint the coin, baby, hashtag yeah, mint the coin. Yeah.
1: Basically that the, the that the house, because they had the majority, they can approve the fucking treasury to mint a trillion dollar coin that would cover the deficit. And it wouldn't necessarily but it could actually it probably would affect inflation because you're just putting another trillion dollars into the fucking economy. But it but would keep new- everything going. There's that idea. There's they could just end the fucking filibuster because that's the sticky point too that's pissing me off about Republicans. So the Democrats go, okay, well we'll just we'll just bet to raise the uh, raise the debt ceiling, and the Republicans are like, no, we're gonna block it with a filibuster. And when I read that again, I know we we mentioned filibusters a little bit ago, and like I dove into that a little bit more. So what a filibuster does is it literally gives the minority the power over the majority. And the Democrats are actually instead of fifty in the the, Senate, right? Yeah, because you need sixty instead of fifty. So if you have a majority of fifty-five to forty-five, and you vote, someone in the minority of the forty-five can say, "Well, no, filibuster," and as long as they hold the floor, they get to either they need to either vote down what they're going to vote on, or they need to get sixty votes to vote on and make it a supermajority. The filibuster was created in the 1800s by, it's funny, by the fucking Democrats, because when the Republicans and the Whigs were in charge and they wanted to end slavery, the Democrats created the filibuster to shut them down so they couldn't pass ending slavery slavery in a simple minority. Good job, Democrats. And then, so there's that. And then there's also suspending the debt ceiling, where you just, you just push it off. And that's actually what Trump did in 2019. So it can be something that they do too. But, and then, you're oh, and they could also just end the fucking filibuster. It takes a simple major- minority vote. I mean,' it's a simple majority vote, not the filibuster sixty. It's a simple majority vote. Now they I don't know if they could actually do a filibuster to end the filibuster, which is kind of poetic in a weird, disgusting, dystopian way. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> now you're getting way over my head, even.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a little i'm I'm. I'm a little heated because it's fucking dumb. It's all fucking stupid. And you know why it's so fucking stupid? Because you know they're going to fucking pass it anyways. But right now they're just fucking with all of our stuff
0: for nothing. Just to yeah, own the so Corey, you So, you Corey, went, you went over the reasons why it is... Uh, the, the argument over the debt ceiling is stupid from a functional perspective, which is obviously more important than what I'm about to say. Because I'm going to go over why I'm going to go over why the the argument over the debt ceiling is stupid because hashtag boomers, right? So boomers, I, I don't mean to hate on you. I mean I do sometimes, but you have this thing where say sorry you think something, <laughs> where you think something, and then that's just that's just what it is. So Corey. If you could if you could caricaturize how a boomer would view the debt ceiling. Let's say, let's, okay, let's say. Oh, well, we got it. Conservative. <laughs> you ready?
1: We just, good. You know, the Republicans should. We got to stop spending all this money.
0: Okay, asshole. The money is already spent. <gasps> it's already spent. <gasps> you, <laughs> you, mean this, put- you mean
1: that this money is money that was already approved by Congress? to pay for already
0: existing programs it's just like what do these people not understand about the fact that this country operates at a deficit it's what we do it's what we it's not thanks reagan please please stop viewing the national debt like it is your capital one bill that is not how this works that is, it's not like going to Capital One, calling them and saying, "Wow, uh, I got a ten thousand dollar limit, and I've spent eight thousand. I better call them and get my 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 uh, my debt limit raised." On which this. actually,
1: that is actually something which is really funny because the Republicans are supposed to be the party of fiscal responsibility. When you have a household and your debt limit is higher on your credit card, and you have good credit, which America does, one of the things that they say to do is a tool to keep your credit score decent. Is to actually spend more. Uh, not spend more, but raise the credit limit on your credit card right, right, right. to lower the percentage used because you want to keep it around thirty percent utilization oh. for your credit. You know, so on a personal level, it's not a bad idea either. But stop fucking spending it, obviously. But <laughs> don't get a five thousand addition, a five thousand credit extension on it and then spend it right away. But and it's the same shit. It's that's almost basically the same fucking thing. It really is like a credit card. You know, and it's like, well, let's raise the limit because we have good credit that the whole world values everything on the U.S. dollar is raised on is based like oil is based on the U.S. dollar because the U.S. dollar is reliable.
0: I guess what I mean is don't stop thinking that like raising the raising the debt ceiling somehow means that. We're spending it, more. It, we're it not just, exactly. It just, gives, it just gives the Democrats more money to spend. No, it it's doesn't. Not it at all. It doesn't. It's Not it at all. And it's I think that's
1: just that's that's just a uh, it's 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 uh, it sucks. It's something that just hurts Americans. That it they make this stuff complicated on purpose, so they don't understand it.
0: No one really knows what a debt ceiling is. But there are so many. This is what drives me nuts, Corey. Is like we are in 2021. There are so many credible sources that you can find that can really explain this stuff to you in layman's terms. G- get away from Sean Hannity. Get away from Rachel Maddow. Get away from Chris Cuomo. Even though, well, he's probably not going to be fired. He's probably just going to have a leave of absence. Even he's going
1: to go on you know, another vacation,
0: touching <laughs> his boss's ass in front of
1: his it it in was. front of her husband. <laughs> and then he emailed her. We need. We should talk about the Cuomo catastrophes. <laughs> Fucking Chris I the Cuomos Cuomo can just
0: go away. They can just hey, go away. Hey, yo, I'm here. Italian. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's,
1: it's sorry, just what I do. Ma- I just smack asses this- in front of their husbands. I thought he was a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking douchebag. Oh Friggin' douchebag. Sorry, Dad.
0: But you know what's gonna happen, Corey, with the debt ceiling. At it's going to get at passed. At the, uh, at the 11th hour. Oh, it's, they're going to figure it out. But first... Because Goldman Sachs is going to call all the
1: Republicans up and go, listen, this is going to fuck us up. You know? <laughs> and they're going to like, oh, sorry, yeah. boss. Sorry, yeah, boss. Yeah.
0: So,
1: oops, sorry. Yeah, whoops, sorry.
0: It's <laughs> just... Because that, that's what's going to. But, but for now, we, we we have to argue about it. We have to uh, you know, Democrats and Republicans have to argue about it, and 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 make sure that the American people bicker at each other about it. Because that's that's what this all is now. It, it's it's another distraction away from what the actual problem is, which is that neither of these two parties give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about me. They give a shit about increasing their power, regaining their power, or holding their power. And if you and I are bickering at each other about, well, the debt ceiling going up means we're going to spend more money. No, oh, it actually means this. No, it, it, You're completely missing the point. And I think Corey articulated it pretty well uh, about five minutes ago. But unless... You have no, I hope you have nothing else to say because that is a great segue uh, into moving away from this fucking awful duopoly of a two-party system that we have. And, yes, Corey, I would like to talk a little bit about Andrew Yang. Yeah, I spoke my piece.
1: Let's talk about Yang. Piece. What's up, Yang gang? Let's talk. So full when disclosure. To, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. full disclosure. Like I, so I listened recently to the interview with Crystal Ball of Andrew Yang. And I know, like, the basic principles. Like, I I always liked him when he was, like, in the campaign trail. You know, like uh, like I said before, like, I got to hang out with a lot of his uh, volunteers and stuff when I was volunteering for Tulsi. But I didn't pay too much close to, like, other than seeing him on stage and talking to his people and stuff like that. I didn't get uh, to follow him too closely because I was, elbow, like, elbow deep in helping my candidate. But, uh... I remember like uh, like things that he said that I actually I really liked like it was funny too like because he was hard to pin down too like he said what did he say he goes yeah I want to take guns away I want to take guns away and give you better guns <laughs> <laughs> see because, <he wants> <laughs> because he was talking about he wants to do he goes it's twenty twenty one we should have things on guns like uh like uh biometrics to where a gun would be registered to your fingerprint so you could only use it if it was your fingerprint so it could a kid couldn't get a hold of it it could end. You know, teenage suicides. It could end kids getting a hold of your guns and doing school shootings. It could get, it could ultimately end guns being stolen and sold and trafficking because every gun, when it that's was registered, yeah, right.
0: That's interesting. But how how would how would a uh, how would a a, a a dirty redneck with a yellow flag with a snake on it say? Well, that's infringing on my rights because you know, well, there, you know there somehow is somehow that-
1: there's definitely like I, you think about it. Like if if I'm sleeping and all of a sudden I hear a window break in my house, and I wake up and I'm sweating because it's like, oh, here it comes, this is it. You're all sweating and you're shaking, and you're going to try to grab your gun in the dark and try to... That's
0: never actually going to happen, you mean? And try to put your thumb on it versus
1: just grab it, safety off, click, click, you're good to go. So, I mean, I get the argument against it because the technology would be new, but his head's at least there. You know, I think that's why I like it. It's not just (laughs) fucking... Beto O'Rourke, hell yes, we're going to take your guns. Fuck you.
0: And I'm going to get elected in Texas somehow. <laughs> you fucking idiot. I hope Matthew McConaughey runs against him. I kind of do too, man.
1: Because Yeah, because Matthew McConaughey is. He's kind of probably, I'm hoping he's kind of right down the middle. I don't know. I'd like to see his legislation. He'd probably be better than
0: Schwarzenegger
1: for an actor being I do politics. like the idea of
0: a... Of a- of a biometrics weapon, but you, I, I, would want you to like kind of like remember how you used to have the fingerprint on the iPhone? Yeah, I remember like, like half the time it, it wouldn't work. Well, no, but you could, but you could also it got better as time went on. But you could like program it for different fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So okay. You could, yeah. If
0: you could do the same thing with a gun, or like if you wanted you to be able to use it, and also your wife to be able to use it, you could program both your fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's true. So like she could use it, you could use it. Because anyway, I guess it didn't work I'm for me a lot here.
1: It didn't work for me so well because like I work with adhesives and stuff, so I get shit on my fingers. Yeah. So I'd be sitting here going like this, like ah, come.
0: Ah, c- Fuck come on. <laughs> I just picture what myself. If it, what with... if it was here, here we go, here's here's getting futuristic. A retina. what, what if it was retinal like because it would do it would do a couple of things. You have to stare down, down on, the barrel wait, of
1: wait. the gun. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. First of all, first of all, in this conversation please turn the gun around. <laughs> something 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 with the sight. Something with the sight. Ah, uh, Okay, like you right it, right right. like a holographic so it does, sight. It does a couple of things. One, it, it makes sure that only you're the one using it, but it also trains proper gun safety, right? It makes sure that the user keep is keeping the barrel away properly. Ultimately,
1: yeah. I think that if we just guns are a you part look of on our the culture. <laughs> No, ultimately, I just think that guns are part of our culture, that what we should be doing, instead of trying to vilify guns, because it's an adam- inanimate object, we should be focusing on mental health, and not make it a stigmatism, like, throwback to our conversation with Dylan Selterman, that it was like, years ago now, and... Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, and then, uh, I also think that we should, just like we have sex ed classes in our schools, we should have gun safety classes. Don't make them so taboo, they're a tool, and if kids knew how to, like, use them, if... <laughs> Not if kids necessarily knew how to use them, but if kids That's knew... That's a really
0: radical idea, Corey. But, like,
1: if they knew the proper techniques and safety and were taught, like, the heavy weight of what a gun is and what it's used for, I think that we would end up having, like, couple that with uh, mental health. I think we'd see a lot of our issues not necessarily be issues. Because, like, think about it. What I mean, pushes a kid in his brain to the point where he feels like the only way he can be heard is going and shooting a bunch of people? That's a mental health thing, dude.
0: I get it, but when you're talking about trying to put gun safety in a public high school, like
1: they did it back in the fifties,
0: sounds great. And it's but it sounds great in a perfect world, but like it's not unprecedented it, though. Like we've done it before. Especially if, especially if you're going to make it mandatory, like how are you gonna how are you gonna get upset about mandating vaccines and talking about that being a safety issue? But you also want. I'm not Uh, talking about
1: bringing live range and live ammo into a classroom. (laughs) Just the simple fact of like your dummy gun you have.
0: Don't look down the barrel, kid. (laughs) And
1: this is how you, yeah, your dummy gun. You mean my
0: my 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 Glock mold?
1: This and bang bang shoots shoots. Put your put your thumb web below where the slide is, so you don't get fucking hole punched. This is the safety. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's guns are a part of our culture. Did you hear
0: that, Portland? Guns are coming to your schools next.
1: (laughs) Just leftist heads exploding. Actually, not even leftist heads. That's the thing, too, that's actually mischaracterized. And I think that's something that might, if we say it, it might actually keep uh, the right awake at night, is that the Socialist Rifle Association's numbers are growing while the National Rifle Association's numbers are shrinking.
0: (laughs) Very interesting. Because even
1: Marxists said, even Karl Marx said, the workers must be armed.
0: (laughs) We got far away from Andrew Yang. Yeah, I'm sorry. We didn't even, get to even really talk about
1: him. We, started, we We were talking about his gun thing. Go ahead. I'm Andrew, sorry. Well, yeah, it's, that's where it up. started.
0: Andrew Yang announced that he's leaving the Democratic Party. And in his upcoming book, Forward, Notes on the Future of Our Democracy, which I will definitely be reading. That's on my wish uh, list. Yang's, Yang said that he's creating his own third party called the Forward Party. Now, before I go on, for the longest time, I was under the school of thought that... Creating a third party doesn't work. We've seen it fail multiple times. Talk about the Greens. You want to talk about the Libertarians? Mostly because the Libertarians are just nihilists and they think everything sucks, and they're also anarchists. Sorry, sorry, Corey. Uh, <coughs> uh, it, it, I'm okay, it hasn't, for some anarchy. It hasn't worked, and, and and I've always thought that the best way to go would be to, was was to infiltrate one of these two parties and turn them. And we've seen, but. And I'm starting to come around on the idea of uh, of the hope of a third party, because we've seen that the school of thought of infiltrating one of the existing parties, that doesn't work either. We've seen Bernie Sanders try to do it. We've even seen, yeah, I'm going to say it, it's essentially what Donald Trump tried to do. Don't kid yourself, that's exactly what he tried to do, and even he got dragged in to the bullshit. Now, you could argue that's because he's in some ways an idiot, but also because... This is what these two parties do. When you get in there, they find ways to drag you into their web of madness. That's what we're seeing. I had incredible amounts of hope in people like AOC and the Squad. We just shit on AOC last week or the week before because of the uh, because of her 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 fucking prom dress. Tax the <laughs> rich
1: as I spend thirty grand <laughs> on a fucking Met Gala ticket. You
0: you fall. They, everybody falls right into the elite nonsense now bernie didn't do that but he also essentially got cuckolded by the democratic party so that's that's those are the only other two options i think tulsi gabbard's an ad, a, an example of that she didn't fall into the into the establishment and they but she also got out. cucked out yeah they sure did to the point where she's actually a republican now hey hey, hey. that's not a fit that's not official <laughs> hey hey <laughs> that's not official but it's leaning that way uh It'd be nice but, so
1: she hasn't said anything in a while You'd be nice.
0: <laughs> like I don't mean to be—I don't mean to be nihilistic, but I—I <laughs> I, I, I really. If I was that big of a nihilist, though, Corey and I wouldn't be doing this show. If we didn't think we had—we we had something to say, something to contribute to, hopefully changing the way that not only you guys but also ourselves view this political system and how we can make it better, particularly as young people. Uh, We continue to go on. I say some nihilistic things now and then. And and, and I think the climb of building a third party that actually has a chance to change this system fundamentally, it is in an unbelievable, unbelievably difficult uphill climb because whatever third party comes along has no power and it gets snuffed out and it gets snuffed out rather easily. But I do think that if anybody can do it, it's somebody with a personality type of Andrew Yang because, say what you want, I know he dropped out of the 2020 presidential race in February. It was very, very early on. But I think you could say that Andrew Yang may have gotten the most people talking, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: between him and Tulsi. But Tulsi was already known as a Democrat, so she was just people, you know, but Andrew Yang came out of the blue. And you're right. Yang Gang, you know, they had those hats. Make America Think Again. Math. They were red. He uh and when you hear him in that interview with Crystal Ball, he's so he's he's, he's like an Elon Musk kinda of with his brain. He's just on another level. It's all analytical and err uh uh, Allegorgi, he likes, you know, he likes to
0: say, Look at the numbers, that's one of his favorite thing Let's take a look at the numbers. Yeah, he's a numbers yeah, he's,
1: guy. yeah, and someone that analytical who knows the system. You know, he's now been in two campaigns, done really well in both of them. And I mean, for the sake of never running in campaigns before, he's done he did pretty damn well, but he, uh, yeah, he has like the uh, the pocket or the purse. He's now has the uh, the fingers in the pots. I think he can actually make something happen.
0: I, I hope you're right. And and the premise of this party is, he, 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 as I said, he's he's calling it the forward party. I kind of think it's a stupid name. But well, because it's, it's really left, care.
1: right, forward. That's why.
0: I I get I get it. Oh, I get okay. it. It's just kind of it's just kind of silly. It's better than the Patriot Party, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically just a trope for the Tea Party. Uh, pu- People that drive lifted trucks with mud all over them—that's um, well, a stereotype. I gotta, I gotta stop picking on rednecks. <laughs> I, 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 come from rednecks. I, I, so I am one, so I get to make fun of them too. Um, no, his—the the whole idea of the forward party is fact-based government governance, I should say, and what he calls human-centered capitalism. Now, I can, I can just hear a boomer that voted Trump both times hearing that and going. What, is he, what is he, does he want me to go to a boutique retreat too? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> sounds awfully woo woo to me. Damn hippie! <laughs> if you if you think if you think Andrew Yang's a hippie, <laughs> <laughs> did you I mean, ever see that photo of him
1: uh, all gothed out when he was like in college and high school? He was a goth.
0: Did you know that? Sounds right. Yeah, it's so funny. I I didn't, but it sounds right. Uh, so what he calls human centered capitalism. Honestly, it, it's just a great way to package into a three-word slogan what so many Americans actually want, which is free market capitalism married with good social policy. Like, it, it, it doesn't that just sound so great? Yeah, doesn't that just sound just beautiful? Just yeah. the way that's just kind of packaged? Say it again. Free together. market system. Free market capitalism married with good social policy. That sounds because we
1: that sounds good.
0: So, we, I like so it. we are because. We're at this place where it's, you know, regulation versus deregulation or uh um marxism or uh, versus versus capitalism. And it's like it it is such an outdated antiquated way of thinking about the way this country is run. Yeah. Because we are, like the, we are a mixture
1: of that. We 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 have a we have a mix of socialist uh programs with a I wouldn't even call it a free market, dude. I call it an oligarchy.
0: Oh, it's a corporate oligarchy. Yeah, we 100%. have no. We don't have a yeah. free
1: market. I can't go and start an auto industry. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't go and just start. You know what I mean? Like, like the the way that the the super big corporations like they're the, they're they're actually a part of creating overregulated things for businesses to stifle competition.
0: Cover up, Corey. Your libertarian is showing. Sorry.
1: Uh, real quick, <laughs> my cousin Mike. He says, uh, "You guys are two good-looking fellows." Well,
0: oh, that's very nice of you, Mike. Thank you, sir.
1: It's because uh, I put
0: it's because I put on a collared shirt today. Yeah, you know, looking why. fancy over and there. And I'm drinking a fucking martini. In fact, they're gone. In fact, I've gone through two. So maybe I'm just drunk now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you look good being drunk, I guess. <laughs> Andy uh, Andy Schwartz says, "Woohoo, howdy boys!" And then my cousin Michael also says he loves lamp. So. Lamps are good. Lamps are cool. <laughs> I love lamp. No, no, that's not what you say.
0: Um regulation versus deregulation, though. I, is that that's one of the things that, that Andrew Yang's. Steve said just said, you fuck it. finger. <laughs> <laughs> that is everything to do right with here, regulation Steve, versus deregulation. That's for you, Steve.
1: <laughs> Anyways, yeah, regulation versus deregulation. Yeah, no, that's 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 a that's actually a good topic if you want to talk it's about It's a just, stupid
0: argument. <clears throat> I
1: mean, regulation is important. I don't think that a company should be able to just pour chemicals in a basement to where the point they're just oozing out of the side of Interstate 696.
0: <laughs> but <when regulations, laughs> That actually
1: happened. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think we should be having so many regulations that we're chokeholding out innovation in small businesses. There's a happy medium.
0: Right. It's, it's, it's the wrong question. We, we, yeah. should, we should be talking about good regulation, not regulation versus deregulation. Well, if, well, if we yeah, deregulate, yeah, yeah. Then bad then we'll regulation more AI, versus good regulation. How about that? How about, yeah. hey,
1: don't put oil in the ocean?
0: <laughs> I mean, you can even go deeper than that. I mean, you can go into climate regulation, right? Because even if you believe that climate change isn't real, if you're one of those turd sandwiches, that's just wrong. Uh, what about having just clean air and clean water? Like they kind of go hand in hand. Are you are you good with those things? You know, uh, how about a, we talked about it earlier? How about a less convoluted tax code? I've always been a proponent yeah, like of like a, a flat, flat tax. tax dude, right? Have
1: you ever heard of the fair tax? Now that's a real libertarian thing for you.
0: Is that where they? Is that where you just get taxed on tax you get spent carnivals?
1: No, no. <laughs> oh, when you get taxed on your what you spend, not what you make. No more payroll tax, no more income tax, no more tax brackets, nothing—just a tax rate, like a sales tax on everything of what you spend.
0: I feel like, and I'll, I'm no economist, but I feel like that's going to get people to not spend as much.
1: Oh darn! Then they're saving money. Well, people are going to spend money which, regardless, and they would just—and they would cut through hurts the, bullshit. the economy. It would cut through the bull What if it was just a simple like up ten percent sales tax? You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever. It, it it can't be based on what you spend, though. I mean, it's got to be because
1: oh, it's your money. Essentially, that's that's the principle of it. You know, it's it's a, it's a gotcha. part of the libertarian philosophy. But like, you you get taxed on what you spend because the money you made was yours, and it, no one has any right to take away from that before it's given to you. And you just you get taxed on what uh
0: what you spend. So if you say save- simplifying it in general, yeah, it's just I would, I would be it. open to just about anything. You know, how about regulations that allow for just any regulation that allows for a thriving middle class? I mean, it just sounds so easy, and it right. It, we, we we sit here and we argue with each other, and instead of pointing the proverbial, I, I should say the metaphorical gun uh, at the people that actually write causing the, the issues. Wow, I probably, I got the FBI on my ass now. <laughs> but the other the other big part of uh, Andrew Yang's uh, forward party, and this, this, I think this is the most important thing, killing this duopoly of government that we have. And I, I said not, not 10 minutes ago that I used to think it was infiltrating one of these parties that was the way to, to make change. It, it's just not happening. Because the, the, these two parties hold all, they hold all the power. And they're the only ones that win.
1: Right. And one thing that we didn't touch base on him yet with was uh, he's a proponent for ranked choice voting.
0: A hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to get there. Okay. Sorry. Jumping the gun. (laughs) Well, I I mean, when it comes to the duopoly, we're stuck in this... This war between Republicans and Democrats that shows no, no sign of getting better. Right. I mean, it just, keep, it just keeps getting worse. It, you know, we sit here with no-brainer, no-brainer bills on infrastructure and reconciliation that, that a huge percentage of Americans support. And literally, a, a literal Democratic coal baron named Joe Manchin and a selfish spoiled brat named Kirsten Cinema that's likely awaiting a job in the private sector in the lobbyist and, and as a lobbyist with, with her, with her donor class that she loves so much are blocking the fucking bill. And these are Democrats that are doing this. Yeah.
1: De- so, the Democrats always eat their own. That's the thing. They're really good at winning campaigns, but they're really bad at keeping everything in line. Republicans are really good at staying lockstep, but they're just piss poor at running campaigns. Isn't that funny? <laughs> How that works
0: it's it's so true and the, and you know what's going to happen next the, the democrats will say that the, the republicans didn't give enough support it's the republicans fault and the republicans will blame the democrats because they're the ones in power and honestly in that situation they would have a point uh and then we just start all over again. Then we go out and we vote in 2022. We're going to boot all the Democrats out of the, out of Congress. We're going to bring in a bunch of Republicans. And then we're going to be fucked again a steal, because mate. the Republicans will be in power in Congress. We'll still have a Democratic president. We'll just start all over again. And then we'll... And then it'll, it'll be the same story in 2024, 2026, yeah. 2028, 2030. And I think that's why I... I don't want to be an old man still dealing with this yeah, shit.
1: And I think that's why I brought up the ranked choice thing, because when we talk about bringing in a third party, one of the most viable ways to do that is ranked choice voting. Now, I don't...
0: Gee, I, I can't have a grasp, imagine why Republicans and Democrats wouldn't get behind that. Right, so I have a grasp on how, what ranked choice voting
1: is. We'll have to do a... We'll have to do a, a uh, a segment on it one day where I can actually write it down because uh, right now like it's just it's hard it's harder for me to put into words without like having it written down because like you vote for like you rank who you want you know first to last and then people get bumped off and your list moves up based on that and it moves around to where basically everyone kind of gets what they want gets based on who got the most first place votes and whoever got the last place gets knocked off and I would need
0: to well, take
1: that idea and, and formulate the, it and actually say it because it sounds confusing when it's really not. We can do it. W-
0: write it down. We can do a whole episode on ranked choice voting because they're going explain some it really, really
1: good weak. in about five minutes. I just need to there's put it into big, words. But,
0: but it, the thing that makes it weird is that there's there's different ways to do it. Like yeah, the did it in the, the, the way they did it in the, in the, in the New York mayoral race. That wasn't really ranked race, choice was, voting. Yeah, it was stupid. That That's not the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Represent the us. It there's a like... video
1: by represent us. They do a really good job, which I'm actually, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw represent us and Andrew Yang tag team and start working on some legislation to be introduced together or not legislation, but just like policy ideas because represent us is that group. That's a nonpartisan that's working on just like fixing the voting system. They're the ones who helped initiate mail-in ballots here in Michigan. Uh, they're the ones that help push ranked choice voting, and who else does it? Is it it's a it's a red state, I think, actually, that does it. And
0: I know I know. Well, there's there's some municipal municipal governments that do it. Like I know they do it in San Francisco. They, obviously, they did it in the New York mayoral race. Um, there's yeah, there's some other places. But
1: yeah, no, it's I mean, it's 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 a really good system because you get to choose your first, like you choose who you like most at least, and everyone does that, and then like they all. Simmer together and then like you may your first choice may not have won, but it might have been your second or third choice, you know.
0: Yeah, I and and the other thing about ranked choice voting, breaking up the duopoly, it's going to discourage this unbelievable hatred and polarization that you have for your next door fucking neighbor. Because if you have ranked choice voting, now guess what? somebody can't say to you for voting you for a Jill Stein. You spoiled the vote. You wasted your vote. Dude, ah. it kills me. In 2016,
1: I heard it. I heard it in 2016 from Democrats. And then I heard it in 2020 from Republicans. <laughs> Dude, and the funniest you thing was it. when it happened, I remember I walked in and like I remember watching it and I'm like, fucking Biden's going to win. I'm like, these are all... Because like... Anyone who paid attention knew that a lot of the states their constitutions said we count the in-person voting first and then we count the mail in ballots after.
0: And it was Trump didn't have a big enough everywhere. lead Everywhere.
1: Yeah, di- and he didn't yep. have big enough weed and lead and the mail in ballots came. Okay. So that happens. And so I remember walking into work the next day and there was these two conservatives and they were by each other and they like, kind of ghost-faced. They were just like, oh, d- yeah, it's I can't believe this is happening. There's there's no way and this and that. And like, I came walking in just, <laughs> you No, know, no, just like I said to him. I was like, guys, I don't know, but I don't think my candidate won.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. If done,
1: like, it's not looking good for my candidate. <laughs> and they just both kind of looked at me And they laughed a little bit Because I voted third party And I knew it wasn't a shot in hell in the first place But I'm not voting for a rapist or a racist And that C mm-hmm. and that P and those two words Can be interchangeable And those two labels can be interchangeable With the two people that fucking ran
0: Yeah I mean look The the, the reality is uh, Breaking up the, the the duopoly looks like it doesn't have a chance and And maybe And, and it probably doesn't right now It might not in 10 years But the more people we can get on board now, the quicker it could possibly happen. And it's going to take younger people. It's going to take us. I mean, we're going to be boomer age maybe by the time this actually happens. But I would take that over never, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I would. That's why I donate to uh, represent us. Because those guys are doing God's work. You want to go
0: to the people? We went way too... Yeah, we went way too long. Let's go to the people, then we'll some kiss stuff. Facebook goodbye, and we'll and we'll go to uh, the monologues.
1: All right, let me pull up the Reddit real quick. So, I don't know if you heard, but Wall Street Journal just came out with an article titled, 131 federal judges broke the law by hearing cases where they had a financial interest. So, I went to the people, and I asked them. Of course, now it's taken forever to load. Come on, Reddit's <laughs> down. Reddit's down. No, I'm just kidding. It's not
0: down. How, how, how many of them? Do we how actually many of got. Them said well. I was going to say, how many of them said, "Well, it depends on if the judges are Republican or a Democrat."
1: <laughs> Dude, this post alone got us 31 karma on, on uh very
0: good on Reddit.
1: So I mean, it, yeah, it did. Very it good. Got, Listen
0: uh, to the podcast, you turds. Ninety
1: two. 92 upvotes and stuff. So I wrote recently the wall street journal published an article titled 131 federal judges broke the law by hearing cases where they had a financial interest. How do we as a country end corruption that plagues all three branches of our government? It did. It's weird because the post was ended up being removed (laughs) by the moderators of ask Reddit. And I'm not sure why. I think maybe it got a little heated in the comments. We only got 42. Ah. (laughs) But so, uh, The Way Baseball Go, is the guy's name, he says, you burn it down and try to start over. (laughs) And then someone responded to him, in 5,000 years of recorded or known history, this has always been the result. There are no exceptions that I'm aware of. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, no, no. Okay. And then uh, uh, someone said, oh, god damn it. Every goddamn time.
0: <laughs> did it? Did it unload?
1: Yeah, I just started pulling some wacky shit. All right, we're back. We're back. Did, I, did it? Did it unload? Someone said, "Add a fourth corrupt branch, add a fourth branch that works on corruption to even it out." And then someone responded with, "We already have a fourth and fifth: the executive, the legislation, judicial, fiscal, and bureaucratic." And I was like, "Damn, that's actually kind of has a little bit of merit to it."
0: It's pretty fair. Yeah.
1: Someone said, "Incredibly important question: Getting ethical people in politics is the only way that comes to mind." And then someone oh, said, luck "Yeah." That. Someone says, "Well, it used to be like that here until they started becoming career politicians. Used to be your congressman traveled from your state to D.C. when Congress was in session and did your bidding. Now those motherfuckers don't even live in your state. All of them are bought and paid for by the elite. Make no mistake; they intend to destroy America while lining their pockets with our money.
0: But it's like, when did it used to be? Like everybody says, it used to be." When did it used to be? Was anybody that, that's alive today alive for that time? I don't think so.
1: Right. <clears throat> and this person says, you don't self-interest is as much human behavior as breathing. You can't rely on everyone to be incorruptible. It will never happen. If it happens with one person, it'll happen with another. All you can do is try and regulate it, but even that has limits. Who watches the watchers and all that? Without fundamentally altering the brain chemistry of our species, I said seriously, doubt we'll ever see a, a true end of corruption. Now, I really like that answer because that's mm-hmm. the same thought process that our founding fathers had, actually. And all throughout their Federalist Papers, all throughout their writings and their and their uh, letters back and forth to each other, when they were writing the beginnings of the Constitution, they said that that self interest is a human behavior. It's not selfish. It's not anything that's and like intentional. It's just something that's hardwired into your brain. You want to take care of yourself before you take care of other people. And so they had stopgates and my monologue goes into this a little bit they had stopgates and they had they put steps in place to to avoid that as much as possible but all those stopgates and stuff were slowly chipped away year after year day after day minute after minute in our government to the point that we have today uh this person goes uh This isn't a U.S. federal court issue, to be honest. Most of the time, federal judges, especially at the district court level, tend to be far more impartial and do everything in their power to ensure that they are following ethics. I'm going to stop right now and say that that's not true. This person must not have read the article, which makes sense because fucking Wall Street Journal has a paywall. State courts are where you really have the issues, a lot of ethical skirmishes and outright nepotism. Nonetheless, you're right. One case of ethical violations of federal judges, way too many. And I like this said, it used to be rare on the federal level. There are alternatives. Not that Congress would do it, but they are, have an important role in keeping judges and all other appointed officials feet to the fire by being allowed to fire them. They have these tools. I wish they'd use them and get back to the days where judges and other officials realize that holding federal office is a privilege and not a right. If you screw up, there are means to strip you of your office. Which judges can be impeached. But mm-hmm. they have their hands in the pots with the fucking all the rest of them. Look at the fucking two guys who were on uh, the um, in the Federal Reserve. Two of them, one just resigned because he said he had health issues. The other one, I forget, he had the, he didn't resign, but like they were buying and selling stocks before they made decisions on our money. Fucking Pelosi and all of them were buying and selling stocks and pharmacies during COVID.
0: It. No, it was it was, it was to her husband. Oh, it was it her husband. Her. It wasn't
1: her. Sorry, that doesn't affect her financial standing. <laughs> not not at all. Jesus Christ! Right now, <laughs> this person goes. Right now, a violent and widespread revolution. <laughs> this is my. Maybe this is the one that got the post taken down. Right now, violent yeah, and widespread revolution. Wage theft is through the roof. Housing is near impossible to afford. Corruption is plaguing every level and branch of government. Corporations have it too have too tight a hold on our lives and well-being it's time for us to rise up and burn it all down yeah that might have been the one yeah i think that was but it. you know what i think that was the one i give
0: we can end with that one i give i give
1: reddit uh credit for even though they removed the post it's still like i could still access it
0: right which was actually kind of cool else can no see one it, else though.
1: can see it but it doesn't matter we got what we wanted we, we, got,
0: we got exactly what we wanted. We got to get to the monologue story. show. we say goodbye to the Facebook people?
1: Yeah, go ahead. If you like what you hear, you like what you see, go on uh, the Libservative Facebook page. Make sure to like and follow. Uh, let some friends know. Go ahead and share this. We'll give you a shout out. We are on Instagram at Pod. We are on Twitter at LibservativePod. We, are, we have a WordPress where our monologues, the transcripts for our monologues are actually posted. It's on... Uh, it's... I don't. I don't. I just made this, so I don't have the actual link. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, we are on all of your podcast platforms. Basically, anyone that you listen to podcasts on is where we're going to be. Um, you know, Facebook, Audible, Google, uh, all of the good ones. Uh, Apple, Google Play, all of the good all of ones. the good ones. Spreaker. I mean, all of them. We're just on all of them. You look us up, you'll find us. Google Libservative podcast will pop up for you. Podcast, the uh, Podcast. The at WordPress. dot com is our is our blog there page. It. It's the page where uh, we share all of our transcripts of what we're about to read. If you want to hear our transcripts, go ahead and download or at least stream the episode on your podcast platform. We uh, do that on there and not on the Facebook page during our live streams. Uh, like, follow, and share. Tell a friend. Let people know. Help us be a po- help us or Help us help you be a part of the movement to uh, change this bullshit duopoly you just heard us bitch about for the last hour and a half.
0: That was so well articulated, Corey Walsh. Thanks. It's the whiskey. All right. Bye, (laughs) Facebook people. Bye. Download the podcast and hear our monologue. They're good. (laughs) All right. The normies are gone. We Got rid of the normies. All right. I'll let you go first this week, Corey. Uh, what what are you uh, what are you talking talking right, about today? So
1: mine is actually has to do with the that that article, the 131 judges. All right, you ready? Mm, I am ready. Me, I, I was pumped. <clears throat> I wrote this one and I was like, "Damn, this is fucking good." All right, so let me take a sip of my bourbon here.
0: My martini's gone. That's upsetting. <clears throat> Get after it. The
1: year is 1785. Benjamin Franklin was sailing back from slaying ass and helping lay the foundation for a relationship with one of our country's oldest allies. Franklin was in France. Paris, to be exact. Boozing it up with the French on a diplomatic tour that included ample amounts of booze and wisdom, women. In between his vices and parties, he carried favor of King Louis the Sixth, who could whose help could arguably be the deciding factor of us Americans not claiming allegiance to a king but instead to ourselves to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The French Navy was critical in the efforts to give the crown the middle finger while telling old George to kick rocks. When Franklin arrived home after years of drunken stupor and burying his head between the legs of French women, he had, he had in his hand a snuff box encrusted in diamonds and jewels with King Louis's face plastered right on top. The snuff box, a simple gesture of camaraderie from King Louis himself for his due diligence in the turbulent years of revolution, wasn't well received by Franklin's colleagues, who had been back home running from town to town to meet in secret to help lay the infrastructure of what what was to undeniably become the beacon of freedom throughout the whole world. Corruption and foreign influence were terms thrown around. Terms at the time that held such a weight to them that Franklin turned to Congress. He turned to Congress to decide whether or not he could even keep the gift, and that if refused, it could have insulted our new friends across the pond. Ultimately, the gift was rewarded to Franklin, and he got to keep it. Corruption in our country used to be taken very seriously, as evidenced by something as simple as a box to hold tobacco being seen as a tool of influence. The Articles of Confederation, the precursor to the Constitution, banned any person holding any office to profit or trust under the United States from accepting any present involvement office or title of any kind whatever from any king prince or foreign state corruption is one of the key factors that led our founding fathers on the path to independence and corruption was looked at so seriously that in fact fellow diplomat arthur lee called franklin the most corrupt of all corrupt men why do i talk about franklin today i talk about Franklin because he is a high watermark of how corruption was viewed in our country Something held in such a high regard that the Founding Fathers did everything in their power to avoid it. Somewhere between then and now, the word has become trivialized to the point that it is blatantly out in the open, if not flaunted. In our country's short life, this experiment is being tainted by the very thing that kept our Founding Fathers up at night. We are now at the point where we as Americans aren't seen as citizens, but nothing more than consumers, as evidenced by the likes of things like Citizens United. 131 federal judges broke the law by hearing cases they had a financial interest. A Wall Street Journal article published on September 28, 2021, exposes blatant corruption in one of our country's government branches that is supposed to call out the very corruption that plagues our country. These judges ruled on cases that had a direct link to their finances in regards to shares and firms that either they or family members had active personal interests in. 685 lawsuits. 685 times these judges didn't recuse themselves in cases that would have affected their pocketbooks. Judges appointed from Johnson to Trump, Bush to Obama, all disregarded a law from 1974 where federal judges have been prohibited by federal law from hearing cases involving companies in which they hold even a single share of stock. And the explanations by these men holding these positions in the highest court won't ease the feelings of hopelessness. From claiming lack of due diligence to outright saying they didn't know the law, these lackadaisical attitudes coming from the sacred court are aberrant, ab- abhorrent and downright disgusting. How do we hold the one who inter- how do we hold the ones who interpret the law accountable when they are the ones chosen to do that very thing, and cho- that who and choose self-interest and financial windfalls over the citizens they swore an oath to serve? When do we as citizens decide to hold these people accountable and get back to holding our government to a standard where a box of tobacco is considered foreign influence? So it's just, it's just, it's a, it's amazing to me when you look at what our country came from when it came to even the appearance of corruption to now these fucking judges are making, doing cases where that they're going to not recuse themselves but instead make judgments that are going to personally affect their pocketbooks.
0: I guess the question is how do you what do you do? Like cuz I I look I almost look at a judge in most cases in higher regards than I look at, you know, a, a city official or think, a, or a yeah. state official or even a federal official. the words
1: that come to mind are wise, <clears throat> principled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. And like what the fuck is this? How many other times has this happened that we don't know about?
0: Yeah, I I think that's I think I'll just leave that one with the people because I don't know I can't, I can't think of a legitimate way in which you would fix that. I mean, other than making it a felony if found out, but even so, what's the statute of limitations on it?
1: Right. Yeah, cuz the judges are going right. to be the ones making the call.
0: Exactly. So so how do you how do you judge the judges? You don't.
1: Yeah, it's, it's sad. You know, it's things like this that it's like these people are just... What the Founding Fathers intended for our country <laughs> and what they went through to make it happen, this is just such a just a slap in the face to all of these and, men. And
0: consider, considering the fact that even through all of this, they still did a pretty good job. Because <laughs> we're still <laughs> here. Even as we sit here today. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Fucking geniuses. They're all well, philosophers Corey, and shit, that's why.
0: That's true. They were also very privileged.
1: <laughs> <coughs> very, very privileged.
0: I don't know if the people want to hear more about the Pandora Papers, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. You give it to them,
1: and they're going to like it.
0: Well, many people, not nearly enough, are asking themselves, what are the Pandora Papers? We went over a lot of it uh, earlier in the episode, but to put it bluntly, It's a collaboration of hundreds of journalists leaking documents from over a dozen offshore companies hiding the money of the world's richest and most powerful people. Thankfully, even following such leaks as Edward Snowden's NSA data mining scandal and Julian Assange's WikiLeaks break, not to mention the Panama Papers from 2016, which is essentially the same thing we're looking at with the Pandora Papers at a much smaller scale. These morons are still dumb enough to use post-it notes that say do not leak as a security measure. Now, I'm not actually going to take credit for that joke. It actually belongs to Edward Snowden himself, who was quick to tweet the quip uh, following the not-so-shocking revelations that rich people are avoiding their fucking taxes. But what does it mean for Americans? After all, none of America's 10 richest people are among the names in the Pandora Papers. Well, it means one of two things. Either America's billionaires were lucky enough to skate by this time because the offshore places where they were hiding their money weren't discovered in this particular leak. Or the more likely and infuriating scenario, America's rich don't need to hide their money because they already barely pay taxes. In June of 2021, ProPublica obtained IRS data on thousands of America's wealthiest people including the likes of George Soros, Rupert Murdoch, uh, Warren Buffett, Mark Zuckerberg, and many, many more. The data not only showed their income taxes, but also their investments, gambling winnings, and results of their audits. Rather than looking at the number paid by someone like a Warren Buffett between 2014 and 2018, $23.7 million paid in taxes, which sounds like a huge chunk of cash, Instead of looking at those numbers, let's take a look at it, at his overall wealth growth versus his true tax rate. $24.3 billion is his wealth growth number, putting his true tax rate at 0.1%. Jeff Bezos, 0.98%. Michael Bloomberg, 1.3%. And Elon Musk at a whopping 3.27%. Compare that to the average of around 14% for we normies, and it's not hard to see why these guys may not need to hide their money offshore. So again, why does it matter? We all knew that rich people could find loopholes to legally, to legally cheat on their taxes. It matters because the wealthiest, and at least for the time being, most powerful country in the world is a corrupt tax haven for the filthy rich in plain fucking sight. You're then told that they need tax breaks because these people are quote unquote job creators, which we all know is bullshit. Consumers are the ones that create jobs. People have to spend money on things for jobs to be needed and for economies to thrive. Enough with the donor-class, Wall Street-darling, establishment-politician nonsense that pits us against one another, instead of pointing the metaphorical gun at them. And I don't necessarily, when I say them, I don't necessarily mean billionaires. I personally don't hate billionaires simply for being billionaires. You hustled, you made your paper, boo-boo, well done. I mean, the people that uphold the status quo to allow the United States to be a tax haven for the filthy rich in plain sight. Those are the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about Reaganomics. I'm talking about Bill Clinton with NAFTA and the subsequent uh, presidents that, that upheld it. And yes, that includes Donald Trump, you fucking lunatics. These things are all part of the loss of wealth for the average American to the benefit of the uber, uber fortunate. Andrew Yang says it in his upcoming book, Human-Centered Capitalism. It's up to us to make this make sense again. If you want to get a big window cling on, plastered on your lifted uh, Duramax GMC Sierra that says, quote-unquote, we the people, it's time to start understanding what that phrase actually means that's it that's it that's what we the people means Corey. it is it's uh, yeah it is. it's about
1: we the people not we the
0: corporations
1: i'll say it again because i was far away from the mic it's about we the people <laughs> not we the corporations it is and it gets me heated just thinking about the fact that i'm spending more like and like when it talks about, like obviously even that point one nine or whatever what was it for the was it bezos
0: uh I'll go back to the number here. Where the hell did I put it? Uh zero point one percent for Warren Buffett, zero point nine eight percent for Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Zero point nine
1: eight percent.
0: True tax rate.
1: Put a put a fifteen or a sixteen point or put a fifteen or sixteen in front of that point nine or whatever. And that's where we're at. And it's bullshit. Yep. It's absolutely bullshit. Especially when these people are hiring people, giving them subpar wages. Like I guess this is it. Guess this is my libert- my libertarianism using out. If but Jeff Bezos, if Walmart, who's who has the most employees, you know, in the country. If they were giving all their employees seventeen, eighteen, twenty dollars an hour, paying these people livable wages where they can help stimulate the economy and do shit, then fine. You literally paid off your. whole, You brought your tax bracket down to a point with your gross over net so low because you employed your employees so well fine don't pay taxes i don't give a fuck but when you're stifling the economy to make you one person rich versus millions of people just living and getting by it's bullshit dude it's straight up fucking yeah gross.
0: and and What you often hear from Amazon officials is things like, well, we pay our workers $15 an hour, right? That's what they're asking for, for the federal minimum wage, right? We already know that the federal minimum wage, regardless of what it's ever raised to ever in history, is still never enough, but- even if that's the hill you want to die on, well, let's talk about workers conditions in those warehouses. Let's talk about the fact that they're not allowed to take a piss. Let's talk about the fact that these workers get fired via an automated text message because they're being monitored as to how fast they're Dude, moving. Dude, have you
1: ever looked up the miss? Have you ever looked up the miscarriage rate for pregnant women who work in Amazon?
0: I haven't, but I can imagine it's, that the stress at that job I don't is, have the actual
1: uh, number, but it's it's enough where when you look it up, it's like whoa. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? What the fuck's going on there?
0: I mean, Corey, you know miscarriages are way up because not enough people believe in Jesus. And that's why, that's yeah. why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't give a fuck if that fetus inside of you has no brain and no lungs. If there's a goddamn heartbeat, you're carrying that thing to terms, some bitch.
0: And I ain't paying no welfare to help you take care of it either.
1: Once you once you birth, paying for no once more you welfare. birth that brain dead baby. You think I'm going to fucking pay that? You put it up for adoption if you can't afford it.
0: That's That's, that's a great place to end. <laughs> All right everybody. Fine. Find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at LibservativePod, at Instagram at LibservativePod, the Facebook the Libservative Facebook page. You can send us an email, LibservativePod at gmail dot com. Uh, go look for our Reddit questions, Corey. Where can the people find those? We
1: are on Reddit. Just went off the page. Great. <laughs> Just lo- fucking I like, I d- great. We are uh that to you on purpose. we are at Libservative Podcast. That's our that's our Reddit LiveServative podcast. It? We have thirty one karma. Uh,
0: Woo! You couldn't think of that on your own. I thought of it. Ready I'm to I the one that made cop? it. I'm the one that thought of it. <laughs> All right, folks. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh,
1: and he has been Dan Griffin.
0: This has been Libservative, and we are out of here.